0: You're listening to a podcast from the Finnish football show. You're listening to the Finnish Football Show. I'm Mark Wiltshire and I'm joined today by Rich Nelson. Hi Rich. Hello by Keke Müller, Hi Keke Terve and by Ali Manson, who will be joining us a little bit later. Um and I have to say, in the shambolic, chaotic world that is the Finnish football show, I feel the least prepared for this one as ever. We do have an agenda that we've scraped together. Uh, By this time, while we sit down and start talking to you, I've normally got the blog post all ready with all my graphics and everything good to go, and I'm so far behind the curve today. So, uh, uh, listener, I've already told these two chaps they're doing the heavy lifting today while I'm going to sit here and sound clueless. So, uh, no change there then. Um, Let's, I think, get on with it. Um, Keke, put your phone down. Sorry. Referee's blown his whistle and we're off. So let's let's start by by looking forward to the final couple of rounds of games in the Nations League. Uh, we're recording this uh, on Tuesday the 20th and it's Friday the 23rd that Finland have their next game at home to Romania uh, before travelling um, next week to Podgorica. For the uh, for the final game against Montenegro so um, Keke, I know you've done your research because you showed me before we started recording. um why don't you start by uh, by taking us through some of the through through the squad and some of the uh, uh, notable additions or omissions?
1: yeah, well, um yeah, the squad was announced and uh, there was a, a couple of new faces. I'm um, he's um he's earned a, a first call up to the to the A national team squad and um yesterday Joranen makes way for makes way for him. So um yeah Williami comes in as the as the third goalkeeper with obviously Lukas Fredetsky and uh and Kaliohane Eriksson making up the other two. Any and, anything um,
0: behind the decision to um to to uh, bring him in um
1: I mean I, I've I think we've obviously I've mentioned this on the Finnish football show before but I think River has has looked at this Nations League campaign as a as a almost he's used it to experiment. Do you know what I mean? Especially when we had that run of fixtures that came so thick and fast in so few days. Um, obviously, there was a bit of squad rotation there, and I just think I mean, yes, Yordanin's playing for um, for um, well, actually, my played, didn't he? I don't know if I don't know if Joranin's picked up a knock. My played the uh, the last game, but yeah, yes, it's been. Been playing for Venezia. I mean, um, perhaps he's picked up a knock. I didn't. I didn't read or hear anything about that. But, um, but as I say, Nicky Mianpar did play the the most recent game. But yeah, I, I think it's just a case of giving giving another youngster a, a step up into the squad and, and giving them the experience. Mm. But um, yeah, Rich might be able to elaborate on that if he's heard anything about it. yes sir.
2: Um, I haven't heard anything. I think it's um, it's interesting timing the fact that uh, sinisalo has come up because he's um uh, well jordan's injured just seen um so uh, sinisalo he was the captain of the under 21s uh, up until the end of the the last cycle he's now too old to play for that age group so um it's good timing for him really he's um he's really highly rated by aston villa and he's on loan at Burton Albion this season and, and has done pretty well. And I think um, coming in as that third-choice keeper, we've seen it before with uh, with younger players that being around the squad. And, I mean, he's quite highly rated by by Riva Caneva, that having him around will just give him that little bit of experience. He's done well for the under-21s. And the thing is, we've seen that the, the reserve goalkeepers get appearances. So, it's unlikely he will feature in these two matches. But, you know, that's priceless, really.
1: Yeah i mean we've also got artu hoskanen who's um, who's come in uh, in um, in defence there uh, again another another one who's got got his first um, his first call into the national a national squad um we were chatting in the, between us and he's he's had a couple of under 21 sort of call ups i think but yeah no, nothing nothing not been a regular feature of that squad either, but yeah gets a little chance to come into the the A national team and 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 see what the squad is all about but um i mean we're going to talk about Cor in uh, in in europe later on but um he had uh, he had he, he done alright in the recent game had a, had a chance to even nick a goal for him so um so yeah he, he comes in um and then the other sort of notable ones are, are a couple who have come in to replace those who have dropped out after the call up through injury. I mean, you've got Oliver Antman, who's um, only 21, plays his trade in um, in Denmark. There, I think it is with with Nyordia and um, yeah, he comes in. He comes in to replace the injured Robin Ludd. So, um, I mean, anyone listening to this must have seen the, the YouTube clips of Oliver Antman sort of curling in. Shots from twenty-five yards and all that sort of business. So um, he's he's pretty versatile player. Plays sort of as a, as a striker or a left wing or a right winger. Sometimes even as an attacking midfielder. So again, comes into the comes into the squad. To see what the uh, the men's national team's all about.
0: I'm noticing in the in the defence there that Diogo Thomas was was named. Um, he's a Coops player. Rich is this. First call up. I don't remember seeing his name. Before.
2: Yeah, yeah, he is. He's twenty five. Um, and I think last about a year ago, he uh said I think he's got Portuguese parents, uh, yeah, Portuguese he's father, year. I think it is. Um, and he said that he he would like to play for Finland. and have selected, and and to be honest, last year he was excellent, really, really mm. good. His partnership with uh, Paulo Ricardo in the in the defensive cups was really good. Uh, this year, obviously, not quite as solid as they were, but he's still. Still excellent. And um, I think the, the the clever money is that he, he'll be moving abroad in the winter. So, I mean, again, it's a step up, but it's nice to see, you know, I know we've, we've joked about it a little bit, but they, they are picking players from the House Liga, albeit a lot of them are from Hojikoza Standard. I don't <laughs> know how much of that is, you know, oh they, they can get here in 20 minutes, it's fine. But um. But you know we've we've had it before with Nissila, Niskanen, uh, um, and yeah. and They've had call ups, and they're now Thomas as well. So hopefully for him, it's a good boost. And um, you know we've we've talked about between us as well about some of the players who have had to miss out for injury. Some of the players, that I mean, uh, obviously Sauli Vaisanen has had to miss out for for Thomas, and uh, Malik Fial, however you say his name, Fial, You're he's got yeah. Finnish Finnish mother um he was a german under 21 international he's moved to ac milan in the summer and from schalke there's still talk that he is being courted to represent finland at senior level whether that'll happen or not i don't know um he may well still think he can get in the germany team but that that's ongoing as well and there's there's a lot of strength there and we're seeing you know we we've talked over the last couple of years about how the evolution of the squad is moving from how it was from that euro 2020 team that qualified you know you've got uh, Ari Uri and are both now at Hoyko although not not playing an awful lot mm. due to injuries but you know the, the the core of that team has moved on for for the most part anyway and yet we're bringing in new players that there is a, an established path from the under 21s antman's come in and i think if if he hadn't have got injured um at the end of last season Suhun and at hamburg was a dead cert for a call up as well, so there is a there is that pathway now, and I think a lot of players who are coming to the end of that under twenty one cycle are looking at thinking, you know, we might get a call up. I mean, again, getting into the into the starting eleven or, or onto the bench is a different matter, but th- there is that that position there that Riva is looking at the under twenty ones, and and they've got a new coach as well, so there is that big shop window for them.
1: I mean you look um you look across that defence and you've got obviously Yere Urranen, you know, he's a he's a staple. Then you've got Richard Jensen. I mean, it wasn't that long ago. We were talking about him making his debut, you know, and now all of a sudden you see his name in there and it feels feels like an established name on the team sheet. Yeah, then you've got Tenho. Um obviously Richard's mentioned Sally Weissen, who's, you know, poor old Sally's picked up another injury, but yeah, he's been um, been replaced by Diogo Thomas um Sally's brother Leo he's um he's in there Robert Ivanov our mate Robert and then Nikolai Alhol and um Hoskinen so yes um yeah some some decent names across the defence there
0: but it isn't it is a defence that's evolved as we as we've said in the last in the last couple of years but I think leaves you still feeling fairly fairly sort of secure in it. Yeah. Um well a, a couple of names that are that are missing that people might be wondering about and and possibly it's injury, possibly it's form, but no Daniel O'Shaughnessy.
1: Yeah, he's still he's still injured, you know, he picked up that nasty injury. Was it Romania Away, wasn't it? It's um it was I'm sure it was Romania Away, picked up that nasty injury and that's that's been that's kept him out ever since. So he's on the uh on the road to recovery, but yeah, bit bit too early for him this one.
0: Yeah, he's contracted in Germany, isn't he? having moved from from Hauyko to the last year. Roo. Roo, yeah and and what about ihonissila
2: um he's um not been getting as many uh, games in career as he was i think when he he came he went over there first i think he started off quite well uh scored a couple of goals and and was quite vital to the team i think the team was struggling and and again, it was starting to get his starts were reduced to sort of minutes off the bench and things mm-hmm. like that. And uh, and I'm I'm not sure where the Korean league season is, is in in terms of the calendar, but I think um, it's one of those we've seen. You know, the, the MLS players have all been injured. You know, Taylor's had to drop out as well. So um, I wonder if they're looking at you know wh- where this is in the calendar and, and everything else. But Nisila, I think he hasn't played as much for his club as as he was. Um, just after the move, so I, I do wonder if if they've had a conversation there, and perhaps missing missing that's for a week, ten days, probably isn't the best thing for him if he's not mm. going to get any game time.
1: I mean, okay. one that one that does stick out is um, made his way back into the squad is Puru Soiri. I mean, um, yes, he dropped out of a couple of squads, and uh, he's a he's at core now. He's um, he played. He's been playing recently and he's um he's got himself back into the squad. I mean, you look across that midfield, you've got, obviously, Rich mentioned there, Robert Taylor, who's who's had to pull out. He's been replaced by Santri Hostika. Then you've got, yeah, Buru Soiri, um, Mikhail Soisolo, Glenn Kamara, obviously, who's probably one of the first names on the team sheet, along with Rasmus Schuller, Oni Valakari, he's in there. Lucas Lingman, um Niskanen comes back in. I think he missed out one or two squads recently, but um, but he's back in. And then uh, yeah, Kai Kairinen. So um, yes, uh, you know, again, regular regular names. Couple of ones who have been out come come back in. So um, yeah, decent.
0: Are some of those some of those players that you just mentioned, for example, uh, Lingman, um, Niskanen. I suppose in the last in the last couple of years, um, when they've come in, they've They've looked useful. It's not it, it, again that it's that that evolution of the of the team. I was I was really pleased to see Sawyer come back in because I thought a couple of years ago he looked really lively down that left wing. And last Sunday the Hoiyukor asukor game, he was a pain in the neck until he went off. Um, and then they brought on someone else who was just as good. It's not easy, not no. easy playing against Hoiyukor.
2: Well, uh, Lingman has been in good form since he's come. Back to Finland uh, alone initially, and um, when he played, and I'm trying to, was it the Bosnia game? I think he he was really good. The, some of the link-up play between him and Puki was was fantastic, and um, I think mean, he's been one of the the key players for Hoiyko's midfield in the European games that I've seen. I saw him against um, uh, Silkeborg; he was very good, and um, and I, I don't know what the plan is for him, whether he will look to re- remain at Heuchel, um at the end of his loan deal. But, um, but again, you know, the, these players, they, they don't tend to go too far. Um, I know Niskanen had, you know, I mean, he sort of blazed onto the scene um, when he was still at Cups, then he moved to Germany that went wrong. And then um, he did quite well at Dundee United um, after his move there. Was This season hasn't really gotten a plan, but Kyron uh, and, played for Lillistrom against Asikor in the summer in, in the um, conference league. So again, these players they're getting regular game time in decent leagues abroad. So it's nice mm. that they're not going away and when they do go away for injury or whatever, they're still being considered.
1: Yeah,
2: sorry, it. sorry, KK, okay,
0: go
1: on. I was just going to add to that, you know, um Schuller's playing well for for your good and they're they're sort of top or second in the league at the moment in Sweden. They're playing in the um I think mean, it is the Europa League. It's not the conference, is it? It's the Europa League. You're good on the playing in and, and Schuller's picking up picking up minutes in that European competition as well. So I mean it's great for the lads. The only one the only one I would say is um I mean, he's been featuring a little bit, Glenn Kamara, for Rangers, but um I mean the whole since the high of defeating PSV to qualify for the Champions League, they've had um They've had a couple of nasty results, Rangers. So, you—I know mean, it's all a bit doom and gloom up there at the moment. And uh, and when you read some of their fan stuff, poor old Glenn gets a bit of a battering. But um, it's, it's a bit harsh, you
0: know, isn't it, after the last few years and the performances there? the yeah. fans fans turn quickly. That's that's for yeah, sure. But but it. I would say he's playing in the Champions League. Like it yeah. doesn't as a as a standard of football, it doesn't get much higher than that. And. Uh, the last couple of weeks, I've I've struggled to see much Champions League football. If I'm completely honest, um, but what I understand is that Rangers played pretty well last week until, and then there was a red card, and then they let in two right at the end. So that That's it. that three nil defeat was a bit a bit kind yeah. of misleading as a as a scoreline.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, one one more thing before we maybe look at the at the two upcoming games. Um, just looking at the forward line, how are our how are we feeling about the, the forwards we've got frederick genton Marcus force yol Demo demobuki and benjamin chelman um there's been a few you know a couple of transfers recently um how are these players looking form wise
1: i mean um chelman's doing okay at Krakowia in poland he's scored a couple of goals um, he's getting getting game time as i say yeah i think it's i think it's two goals he's scored there and um but yeah, he's playing. You know, he's playing in a in a in a league that that people would say is a step up from from the league he was in with with Inter Turco. So um, so yeah, he's uh, he's you know still developing, learning learning his trade. I mean, um, it hasn't gone quite to plan for poor old Marcus Force. I would have said he's he's you know he arrived at Middlesbrough with a a bit of a fanfare. You know, it was um, we all thought. Well, I certainly did. I thought I thought Middlesbrough would make a bit of a bit of a go of it in the championship this year but they're, they're definitely with Chris Wilder there as the manager but they're, they're definitely occupying the wrong end of the table yeah. at the moment and poor old Marcus has had to make do with the odd 30 second appearance at the end of games So Wilder's got
0: a reputation and a, and a history of getting teams out of that division so you'd imagine he'd, he'd turn it around and get it right wouldn't you
1: I mean, you—you you would hope so. I mean, I haven't got any particular affiliation with Middlesbrough, but just because Marcus Force is there, I mean, all I want to see is him getting minutes and scoring goals. You know what I mean? So, um, so yeah. As I say, he's had to make do with coming on in the 89th minute and all that. So, you know, what can, what, what can you do with that? But, um, but yeah, you know, keep keep everything crossed that it, it does turn itself around for him there. Um, yeah, Rick, yeah, I was
0: gonna, I was going to say to Rich, any any thoughts about your Bakempala moving to Venezia
2: recently? Um, I mean, we we chatted about it last time, and and thinking that perhaps it was a step down for him. He scored on Sunday or Monday night um, for him, and I guess you know as as we also talked about, you know, it well by design or by accident, a lot of fins tend to move in groups, and the fact that you've got. Uh, Ava Fins at Venezia, I wonder if that if that swayed him at all. But um I mean you know he's he's scoring goals in a team that are competitive at the, the sort of top end of Serie B. And um I mean hopefully coming back into the Finland squad um in these two games he's got that goal behind him now. And I think, you know, we, we talked last year that he was scoring goals for fun in Turkey, which is you know normally a retirement home for former Premier League strikers, but um, to to go there for a team that's challenging, you know, in Italy against, you know, it might be an old stereotype, you know, Italian defenses. It might he might learn something out of it. Who knows? But um, I think it'd be curious to see if he can get a run of games um, again, because I think uh, uh, Fiorenti have paid he around a million euros for him. So, they want their money's worth. I mean, Rizzo's ball had him on loan and he spent most of his time coming off like 20, 25 minutes off the bench Bagging and score bit, yeah. straight away. So, <laughs> yeah. So, hopefully, if he can get a run of games and playing 90 minutes in that team and they do well, then long term, maybe it will be the best move for him. But so uh, yeah, he's hopefully a step down, a step back up again.
0: I guess the final thing just to mention there is Temu Buki, who's stayed at Norwich despite fierce. Um, speculation on the Finnish football show maybe the previous episode um, or or during the summer um, and I had a bit of a quiet start to the season 10, ten games and three goals for Norwich in the league Norwich is sitting just in second place Um, but some of those goals have come in the last week so hopefully he's now starting to find a bit of form yeah he yeah, was I mean, dropped
1: yeah. wasn't he he was, yeah. He didn't he, he didn't start the season at all. He um but he's, he's made his way back into the side. I don't know whether there was whether that was a lack of form or whether he he was he was a bit peeved that he hadn't got a move in the summer or whatever, but for, you know, whatever reason he, he wasn't in the starting eleven. He's made his way back to the starting eleven and he's and he's in the back of the net. I mean, you look across that we we just spoke about force, but you look across that the forwards there that have been selected for the squad. The only one we haven't really mentioned is Freddie Jensen, but he's scoring as well. He's picked up a couple of goals in the last few weeks for Augsburg, or in the last month or so, I should say. He's at least that you know found the net once or twice. So um, yeah, there's there's goals across there. So um, yeah, let's hope they they find a back of the net in the next couple of games.
0: All right, then let's let's look look forward to those couple of games um friday 23rd romania come to helsinki um i will also be heading down to helsinki with lady Satu. um and this is our first time legitimately with tickets in the pokio um so and and that is at Satu's uh what demand really it's more of us it was more than a suggestion <laughs> she she demanded that we go in there um so we'll be we'll be getting there nice and early we'll probably be marching from the uh from the the the, the market square up to the up to the stadium because that's all part of our our, our hooky match day experience um and then it's romania and i was looking at the uh, let's just have a re- quick reminder about the, the the table. So this is um, league league. Let's get this right. League B, Group Three. Um, so at the moment, four games played. Bosnia Herzegovina at top with uh, eight points from four. Then Montenegro with seven points from four. Finland have got four points from four games, and Romania got three points from four games, and those three points came against Finland in the in the away game yeah so what what that what that does essentially mean is that if we win on friday we have seven points romania have three and they cannot get above us so romania would be relegated out of group three so it is as far as these things are massive six pointers this is a massive six pointer for us on friday um uh, before we then travel away to because by then, you know, depending on the result of the other game, which is obviously, you know, quite a quite a tasty local derby out there down in the down in the um Balkan Balkans, yeah. area. Um Montenegro could be top and fighting for promotion. So it'd be good for us to be safe. We're not gonna go we're not gonna go up realistically. So just get that, keep that, keep that place in league in League B and um, and build again in a couple of years' time.
2: Can I put Rich? my uh, silly hat on and just talk about coefficients and seedings? Come Go on, again. do Please, it. Um... A bit of science. That's just what we need. <laughs> well, the, the, these, um, these games do matter for qualifying for the next Euros. Um, the seedings for the draw, um, which is going to be made on the 9th of October, are going to be based on... The uh, final league placings in these. So um, ideally, Finland could be in pot two or three in the qualifying uh, for that. If you're in pot two, obviously there's a massive, uh, a massive benefit there. But I think that would require Finland probably winning both of their games to push that. But um, but yeah, there's there is an incentive there um, again for for that and that draw is yes, yeah, like what two two and a half weeks away now. So we can start planning our fixes for next year and this
0: this reaches the for qualifying for the euro the next euros yeah and uh, the way the way everything's been squeezed together it, you know we had the euros last you know like just over a year ago we got the world cup in a, in 10 minutes 10 minutes time and now we're qualifying for the next euros again it's it's pretty relentless isn't it
2: yeah um and again obviously the, the world cup coming as as warped the calendar as well as what, what happened with covid mm. but uh, so those fixtures are all going to be again like they are probably going to stay forever now condensed into one calendar year so played over six or seven months but I think um, when you look at the there is that place you know, there are those playoffs places as as well from the Nations League so there is that little bit of a fallback and if Finland could do what they did last time and not have to rely on that then that would be a, a really nice position to be in going into that but um, one thing they did say this week actually was uh as a World Cup warm-up with a, that fixture calendar coming up, is that Finland will be playing North Macedonia. Yeah. I mean, it's on the 17th of November or something. So a couple of days before the World Cup starts, um, they'll have a glamour-friendly in North Mon- uh, North Macedonia. In Skopje. And, um, yeah. So uh, it's, um, this is, again, you know, like, no, not many friendlies these days, but... It's um, you know, the, the teams that qualified for the Euros first time, last time round. But uh, yeah, there's a long, long way to go. But yeah, there's still something riding on these games, so Finland can avoid the uh, the wooden spoon in League B Group Three. I don't read that one. Then um, yeah, well, happy days.
0: Uh, and do we there's have a- any uh, any? Sorry, sorry, Keke, go on. Go on. I
1: was going to say there's um, apparently there's a second friendly to be announced. I, I don't know if that's oh. a. I, I think that will be a home friendly, but um. But, yeah, the, the opposition is yet to, be, yet to be confirmed. But, yeah, after that, after that North Macedonia game, there's a, a second friendly to be had. But, yeah, you know, uh, plenty of time. We've still got these two games first.
0: And do we have any deep insights into Montenegro and Romania? Um, I've, I've said about my travel plans for the, for the home game, but, Keke, you have some travel plans for the Montenegro away game?
1: Yes, I'm off to Podgorica. Um, or Tito Grad to give it its former name. Tito. So yes, um, <laughs> yeah. So um, so yeah, we're going we're going down there to Montenegro. Obviously, um, catching up catching up with uh, with a, a load of the gang. And um, unfortunately, we're rescheduled my return flight. So I've got about five days in Montenegro instead of the originally planned three. Only which, five. Uh, I thought I
0: thought you were there for a week. So five yeah, it's five quite, days now.
1: Five days, so yeah, it's, um, yeah, we'll be having a little look around, but yeah, looking forward to the game. Can't wait, another country to tick off the list, and um, yeah, hopefully the boys can get us a get us a decent result to shout about. But um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Looking forward to getting down there, see what the locals have got to offer, food and drink wise, and um, hopefully I'll be uh, I'll be able to report back to you if I'm copus mentus.
0: Yeah, we we always we always consider it. Hopefully Keke will be able to report back to us. So. <laughs> Uh, as trailed at the start of the show Ali has joined us now um hi Ali how are you doing
3: hi guys yeah not too bad a little bit jet lag still but other than that
0: pretty good yeah you just come back from your holiday
3: yeah that's right I was in the in the states so um and I definitely underestimate every time I come back from there I always yeah underestimate how I'm gonna feel so five days in I think I'm nearly over over the bad stuff now
0: now, just, just so that we know, which um, which town are you in at the moment? So
3: I'm actually, so now I'm back in, back in the UK. Okay, um, right. and I'm actually I'm I'm back in Guildford because uh, I've subletted my room in London for another few weeks. So uh, technically, I'm homeless. Okay. <laughs> nice. Um, so uh, you're
0: Hallie? not in you're not in Helsinki for the for the game on Friday.
3: Uh, not on Friday. No, I'm going back to Helsinki uh, in a couple of weeks uh, okay. for the Europa League game, which I'm sure we'll come to a little bit later. Yeah, no, sure. I'm still still in the UK for the moment.
1: Okay, Ali, just sorry, mate. The question on everybody's lips: You were in you in California? You were in, weren't you? Did you see any MLS while you were in the states? What can you report back?
3: Unfortunately, I saw the San Jose ah. Earthquake Stadium. That was about as close as I got. It was frustrating because I I did look at some fixtures and uh, both the LA teams were playing in LA at the same weekend. Um, But I had to do some family time uh, that weekend. So unfortunately, uh, I missed. So yeah, the San Jose Earthquake Stadium was as close as I got to an MLS game, unfortunately. I think that would have been a hard sell uh, to my girlfriend as well. But Yeah. um, Yeah. yeah, maybe next time. Nice one.
0: All right. How about if we move on to um, look at the Liga? I think we've we've shown we we don't have any great deep insights about Montenegro and Romania, um,
2: or, or do we, Rich? No, I was just thinking that's normally Hayton's job, isn't it? Well, but, that's uh...
0: that's true. Let's let's have a little let's have a little moment to pause and reflect and say hi to Mark, who's just taking a a bit of a break due to being very busy at work and uh, you know we've we've still got we got the four the, the four the remaining four of us here holding the fort until he gets back so um yeah. i don't i don't know if he'll be doing previews or match reports um i guess keep an eye on the com um to see what's uh, what's coming if anything's coming along there um that was always his was always his baby, so uh, I'm sure he'll be listening to this. So, hi, yeah. Mark, and, uh, you know,
1: we're keeping a seat warm for you. Yeah, get back soon. Our tactical insight into these two games is summed up with Yanis Tadji is still injured. That's, <laughs> yeah, a, that's, a, that's as much as we've got.
0: Um, so, let's move on to the bakehouse Liga, where surely Rich has got stats and numbers and all <laughs> kinds of things at
2: his at his fingertips. Coming out of me ears, son. Coming out of me ears. Oh, I thought that was all the
0: information just disappearing <laughs> out of your head. That's um, I guess we should we should start by just giving a quick overview of how the how the season finished. Um, Rich, do you want to just sort of talk through the the, the final the final regular, table yeah. in the in the regular season, the Sarya? Saria?
2: Yes. So the the final C uh, table after twenty two rounds, Hoi finished top after beating Honka with a, a late goal from uh, Anthony Olasanya, um, that kind of three-horse race has kind of spread a little bit. Honka's uh, end-of-season form was a, was a bit poor. They lost their last two games. They lost to Hojko and they lost to Hacker as well. So they uh, ended the season eight points behind Hojko and uh, and six behind Kups. cups um, would have led the table going into uh, the next round um, on goal difference before Hojko. Um, stole it from them um, and other than that you've got uh, hacker, whose season with that um, last couple of wins did really well they came fourth um, Inter came fifth after their defeat to Ola was overturned uh, for we, we always love an illegible player and they had far too many so uh, they lost 1-0 but ended up winning 3-0 so they got put into the top and then uh, Asikor uh, came sixth which uh should we we'll be delighted about? Well, yes,
0: of course. The aim is to be in the in the top half, and I guess for for Wacking Gomez and his team, having got having got fco into the top half last season, would be expecting that as the very barest of minimums. Um, so
1: I'll tell you what, mate. That's a result after the start. You lot. Ed. It's
0: true, true enough. Yeah, it, it, that's right. And I, I think I don't know if we've really talked about this so much, but. July sort of kicked us kicked us back into some level of form. The interesting thing, he won manager of the month, the League manager of the month for July. Um, I think there were eight games, uh, not not League game, eight games in total because of the European games, um, and we actually lost three of those European games, and yet the way the team played gave everyone such a such a boost and and a real uh, kind of feel good feeling um apart from my friend Julian who was on holiday for most of July back over in the UK missed all those games and came back came back just as grumpy as he'd gone as he'd gone away before the holiday because he hadn't really been able to see how well we'd been playing but something definitely definitely clicked in that time and um I I went I had a coffee with whacking um in the beginning of August and we sat down and, and chatted for about an hour and a half and it was just pure football. Really, really interesting stuff. Nothing, like, like the, the point of it wasn't to be an interview. The point of it was just to have a chat because, you know, he came on the show when he, when he first moved over here. Um, and quite often when I'm in conversation with people about football, it's like, oh, Joaquin said this. And you can kind of see some of the things that he was talking about. Playing out in the on the field, or or how the club is uh, is progressing. So, and I think I mean we knew before the final game of the season that we were going to finish sixth uh, because of the the results of of Olu. So it looked quite close, but we were we were there with a game a game to go. Um, but I think there's a, certainly a better feeling about how the team is playing. That's for sure.
2: Yeah, well, um, as we saw then, Ola dropped. They they were top of the bottom six uh, going into that. Um, Ilves, who've really not had a particularly good see, season, there. Um, they were eighth. Maryham ninth. They had a a decent. Their, their season picked up. They were they were they had a dreadful start as well. And um, once they learned how to score goals, um, they, they did okay. Uh, VPS. Again, they, they were scoring a bucket load at one point, but uh, defensively, not all that. They were 10th, Um, You know, we, we jest about them constantly being mid-table, but they're not. They're not 11th, and they have been atrocious. Uh, they changed their manager. That's not gone any better at all. And Ho-Efko, uh one win in 22 games, nine points, uh, conceded 40, 48 goals and um yeah so it was the way the way the fixtures worked out for the uh the end of that round and the start of this new round is they ended up losing 6-1 at home to Olu on the final day of the season and then they had to play Olu again the following week and got well i suppose it was an improvement because they only lost 4-1 but um yeah it's uh, it's been a wretched season for them uh, i think after that first Olu game Mixu Patalainen just went balls to this i'm not even turning up for the press conference and just vanished and couldn't be didn't get seen again for about 3 days. So uh, yeah, it's all uh, all rosy, but um yeah, it's um the league split now, so we've got five more rounds of game, well, five rounds of games. Uh, most of the first one happened last weekend. Uh, two were missed for the, the Summer Cup final, but um yeah, the the bottom the bottom had a full round. Mariahamp put six past Lafty, which is uh amusing and yeah, we've got and um, um, we've also got the um that so th- I mean the attendances are dropping again because you know the bottom six not many people want to queue up for that even though there is the promise of the uh, conference league playoffs which I believe this year has the top two from the bottom six I get to play in that
1: there you go
0: becoming more and more like a, a basketball or ice hockey playoff series isn't it but but if it keeps if it keeps the the season alive lower down then. Why not? Why yeah. not? Um, Rich, while, while we're talking about the table and everything, just have a a, a quick recap on how this, um, how the the, the top teams of the of the challenger series, the bottom half of the table, how they, how the process for that playoff works, and who they might play against.
2: Um, it's. I need to get my head around who they play and when. Um the scenario is, is that the because CUPS won the Sorman Cup on Saturday, um, so they have qualified for the conference league already. So you get the bottom three of the top six, so as it stands Haka into Asiko. and you've got the top two of the bottom six, so that's currently Olu and Mariham, will enter this very convoluted system. I don't think they've confirmed how it's going to work just yet. Okay. Um, but basically, I think. You're in a, from the first year, they did it. You had like the bottom two would play off, so then it would be the winner of that game, would then play the winner of the, the team that finished above them. And it would be so then by the time you get to the final match, which I think then was over two legs, was it was about six weeks after the season finished. Mm. Um, so that team then hadn't played for a number of weeks and were then rusty. Yeah. So I'm not sure at what point this is all going to sort of come to a head, but uh, you know, it's very complicated. But at least, like as you say, it gives those teams a chance to, to have a crack at the conference league next season, yeah. which is guaranteed a, a few quid, if nothing else.
0: And, and as there are still, you know, some teams have got four or five games still to play, probably best to wait until the end of the season <laughs> and just know that
2: there is this playoff
0: thing going on. And we'll, we'll give some detail a bit more detail nearer the time.
2: Well, we always love to talk about how badly organized some Finnish football clubs are. And I imagine that some clubs will have players whose contract expires before, before the, the end playoff. of this tournament. Um, that happened a couple of years ago. I think um, I think they postponed the Salmon Cup final. I'm not sure if it was COVID or whether. And it got played on the 1st of November. I believe it was in Totoku. Most of their players' contracts expired at the end of October. Um, so we were in this position where they were playing either out of contract players or had to sign them on some kind of extension um, for a couple yeah. of days. <laughs> a one-day extension. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, so again, I, I haven't seen the fixture dates for that yet, but, um, but we are guaranteed, um, Hoyko Cups on the final day of the season. Again, uh, last year, that was a massive game and there was something riding on it. Although Hoiko were, were leading going into it. So a draw was good for them. So hopefully this year when we get to the final day, if there's something riding on it, uh, it'll be at Hoyko, but, um, yeah, it should be, uh, be nice to have a title decider again because that was uh, that was really good for for everyone involved last year.
0: Okay. I think that's that's probably as as much of a uh, update as we can give at the moment without going into many different scores and results and things like that and I think the where we are at right now the important thing is is getting through those games and seeing where the where the teams come at the uh, at the end of the in the table at the end of the season. Um I think that's a good time to take a break and don't worry, Ali, you're going to be much busier in the second half of this (laughs) episode. Um, but how about if we just little break and a little advert? (laughs) Now, the, 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 the eagle eyed listener will notice that we haven't yet updated all of the, um, artwork for the show and everything since Ali joined us um we need maybe we need to have a little rethink and get some new photos taken and and see how that how that looks but Keke has been busy with the the old t-shirt front so we're in the tpublic.com uh website it's the Finnish football show store and he's updated the the classic names on the back of shirts (laughs) Uh, or the FFS team sorry Design and it's now uh, it's now in a nice stylish two one two formation with yeah. uh, with Ali added down there. Uh, did I hear that num- numbers changed from last time? KK? Was there anything behind that?
1: Yeah, there, there is, but um, I'm not going to tell you because it's quite sinister. No, no, <laughs> there, there was um, there was yeah, there, was, there has been a number change. It's, just, it's all very random, but um, but there you go. So uh, but yeah, the two one two one two formation you know classic classic five aside there but uh yeah get yourself and that's the new shirt as well the new we're on the new away shirt so um yeah look I think it looks decent
0: yeah very very good and uh the the price that's showing on the screen at the moment is 27 euros that must be a very uh a, a very a particular style Oh, sure let's have a look if what happens if you get for a heavyweight oh it's a little it was, bit more expensive.
2: that was that was about half that at the weekend wasn't it I mean, yeah the, that's the public that... do their own sort of offers and promotions and stuff and i'm sure keke said it was about 14 euros at the weekend yeah was, yeah, yeah they
0: they're they're yeah. up, up and down um without they any control they'll
1: be on sale again soon.
0: yeah exactly and and as we said before every every uh sale of a t-shirt you know sends a few a few Pounds into the, or a few euros into the, the Finnish football show coffers to, to go along with. Running the show, as does Rich, the uh, buymeacoffee.com.
2: Yeah, yeah. We'll say we, uh, we said a big thank you to, to Farid, our regular contributor, and uh, congrats to him. I, I wasn't around for the for last week's, or the, the last podcast messages, I know he's chuffed that, but uh, yeah, and I still haven't got a new telly. I've got a new phone, but I haven't got a new telly, so uh, if anyone wants to contribute <laughs> to that. <laughs>
0: I think it's fair to say that the, the contributions that we received did not stretch to buying a new, you a new phone. No,
2: nah, well, no, nah, the new phone had to pay for myself, but um, <laughs> I, I use it for Finnish football purposes. So I'm going to claim it as a uh, taxable rebate. <laughs>
0: <laughs> if only there were some earnings from this show with, with to, be taxed. To, to be yeah. taxed. Exactly. Yeah, that's right.
2: That's right.
0: Um, okay, let's, um, let's end the selling there but buy me buy me a there's links in the links in the blog post actually wherever you're watching or listening to this just look below there's links there we make it very easy for you to support us so uh, please do okay let's head into the second half of the show um ali unmute your mic and bring yourself <laughs> pull up a chair and, and are you te- sitting
2: comfortably <laughs> yeah.
0: and tell us give us your thoughts on the Sawman cup final last last weekend start with the uh start with the facts and the details and then and then you know, give us your opinions
3: well so as you know we all know by now Coops won one nil uh from a gabriel uh, bispo header i think it was the 88th minute so they left it quite late um a really good cross, actually, as well from um, Toivomaki. Um, I noticed when I rewatched the uh, the highlights uh, this afternoon that uh, the way how Toivomaki won the initial throw-in that he then eventually crossed from, he just kicked the ball into the left back's face, and it was definitely done on purpose. It wasn't by accident. So I thought that was quite like a nice little, um, nice little additional uh, addition. Skillful uh, housery. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
2: Simmo Ball. (laughs) Um,
3: I I have to say, on reflection, Coops deserve to win. Um, They were the better team, particularly in the first half. It was, I wouldn't say it was one way traffic, because I think, you know, Inter did put up um, a bit of a fight. Um, And I have to say, um, watching uh, Akam for Toku, my God, he's fast. (laughs) He's so quick, the left winger for, for Inter. He's. Yeah, he's absolutely rapid and and he sort of created their um inter's uh best chances. He was their biggest threat, but I think generally Coop's deserved to win the game. Um, and yeah, and probably could have won it by two or three goals.
2: Yeah, but then uh, there, there was controversy at the end. Uh, Inter had right, the, at um, the end, yeah, yeah, was it 94th minute? I think it was, um,
3: 94th, yeah. 95th minute, and, and it was that man, mm. uh, Bispo thought he was going to be the uh. The match winner and of course he was in the end but with that handball i mean they the replays they slowed it down a lot and i don't know what you think rich but i can't decide it's the sort of one way well, no
2: nowhere try. near his hand no yeah <laughs> near it, near it.
3: yeah i i think yeah it was one of those where i think you know if it's if it's your team you're you're screaming for it and if it's not your team you you're going to say absolutely no way that's that's really harsh and um, so, yeah, that was a, a bit of fun. Maybe if, uh, you know, VR had got involved, it might have been a different story. But yeah, Coops won 1 nil, and, and that was their fourth Sawman Cup triumph. And uh, yeah, they absolutely deserve it, I think.
1: Two so in a row. Right. And, and a, um, a hat trick of Sawman Cups for Tim Varunen with uh, mm. three different clubs. And, yeah.
2: he's st- and he's still scoring goals
0: as well Rich
1: yeah <laughs>
2: yeah. yeah that um, that hat's looking really tasty Mark <laughs> yeah <laughs> i mean your uh, own
1: hat. The, um, the game the game itself was was fantastic i mean obviously only the only the one goal that came right out the death but it was um there was some decent decent football it were it was it really was a a good a good advert for the and cup and for you know two bakehouse league teams going toe to toe but um I think we, when we we've been chatting, we all agreed it it wasn't really uh, matched by the by the surroundings, really.
0: Yeah, and this is what your your this was your thoughts, Ali. This is what you wanted to talk about.
3: Yeah, and and before I go into this little mini rant, I have to say I thought the Coops fans and the Inter fans were brilliant. Um, judging from the TV, you could almost sort of have thought that. There was more than the 3,000 that there were, in fact, in the stadium. And that's where I'm going to sort of start this little rant. Mm. I I think the Finnish FA need to do possibly more, whether it's from a marketing point of view, a supporting point of view for the Solomon Cup. It's the National Cup. It has to be better supported, because I think 3,000 at a cup final is... (sighs) I mean, I know sometimes, you know, we... Have a chat about about the attendances and attendances go up and down throughout the year but i think when it's the the national final we should have maybe slightly higher expectations of what to yeah what to expect you know you're going to have it at the the national stadium at the olympic stadium um and it would i think it would just be better for the brand and for the the Finnish football brand as a whole if we or if the Finnish FA rather did something again from the marketing point of view to get those attendances up um because yeah i think three just over three thousand it's not great and i sort of did feel a little bit for the players and i felt a little bit for the fans as well the cooks fans and the inter fans who really made it uh you know they gave it a good go and as i said this isn't a reflection on them but i think maybe the the Finnish FA need to I know, have maybe a bit more of an open mind of what they can do to keep the prestige of the cup going, I think.
2: I, I think it's, when, when you look at it in history, though, and, and this is the problem, is that we've only ever had one final where the attendance has been over 10,000. Yeah. And that was from uh, 1963, Hakka beat Ray Pas, and they had 14,000 there. Um, yeah. So, again, it's it's one of these strange things because the, the Palolito set up a task force uh, a year, 18 months ago to ho- to rejuvenate a lot of their competitions, the Salmon Cup first. And now we're seeing with the, the split of the and the Kakanen and whatever they're going to call the the one in between to try and freshen everything up. And the Salmon Cup, everything they've done to rejuvenate the format of the tournament has been absolutely fantastic. It's worked um, the problem is you've probably had more players playing in the tournament than you had fans at the final on Saturday. Um <laughs> and 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 I think you know that this the, the, the final should be at the national stadium. Mm, yeah. The problem mm. is is that when you've got teams who aren't from Helsinki or Valkyrie Koski or, or Lahti or something like that, they've got to travel a long way. And how do you appeal that to the neutrals? And I think that what the Palo has have done in, in this year or so since they've got round to this, is, is they've really marketed the Salman Cup within football. So within the football community, I think the, the marketing and everything's gone really well, the, the press, the, the publicity, it's all been positive. And I think people have really engaged with that, but they are existing football fans. And, and again, you know, it took Finland qualifying for the Euros to get the outsider interested in Finnish football in the national team. That's kind of catching on, but we're still at a point where Finland v Romania on Friday, I think at the time of writing, there's been about 16,000 tickets sold. So, just under a half half the capacity as it is. But I think that's the problem, and this is going to take decades, generations, and, and it's something they really have to think about. How do you make that appeal to someone who isn't a Cups fan, or someone who isn't an Inter fan, or your casual football tourist? It's... Um, I mean, it's going to take a lot more than a, a task force headed up by some some of the sauna boys.
0: Did, yeah, did they coming. did they do the, the the campaign like they've done for some of the um, helmeted games for teams to travel down to watch the final? Because that was that was quite successful. Was that run again for this as well?
2: Well, what they did was they invited every team who participated in the tournament, which I think this year was back up to it was in the high three hundreds. I think it was sort of back towards its peak. And I think they were all invited. Had they turned up, it would have doubled the attendance. Mm. Um, but again, you're talking everyone from Vegas Liga down to Apollo, you know, mm. your, your lot. Mm. And again, how do you make that appeal to play, players from Rov Me, say Yoki, anywhere all over the country to come down? Because I, I mean, even if the tickets were subsidised at, I don't know, 5, 10 euros, it's a long way to come. Mm.
1: Yeah.
0: Well, Ashley yeah. well, Core played in Helsinki on Sunday, so they should have. They should have been there, shouldn't they? With their the weekend of it, yeah. The, exactly. Yeah, the team yeah. should have been there, waving, waving the the golden black flags.
1: <laughs> I mean, with um, with with my simple mind, the way the only way that I see it is, you know, if you if you want to get more people through the gate, you've got it. You've got to make it cheaper, haven't you? I mean you know, kids for kids for a euro or something, you know, like if obviously, I mean, I don't geographically for, um, for teams from Corpio and Turku, like Helsinki is pretty much in the middle, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? So it's um, geographically, that's, that's not terrible for those hardcore fans who want to make, make that trip. But if you want to just try and fill it up, I mean, fill it up with locals, you've just got, you've just got to, Make the make the tickets cheap, do yeah, you know what I mean? So so the so the man in the street can take his kid and they can see one of the teams lift the trophy. Do you know what I mean? It's um that's 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 the only way you're gonna fill it. I mean, I know we did discuss about whether the game would have been better off being played at the bolt arena, whether that would have made, you know, the atmosphere or, or the chance to, to fill the stadium a bit easier. But again, by the same token, I do for the players, I do get the idea that you know some of these players, that's their only shot at playing at the Olympia Stadium, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? That's, that's, the, that's the, the, the luxury you get by er- earning that right to play in that stadium by making it to the final of the cup. So it is a difficult one. But yeah, I mean, in England, we've seen the old kids for a quid campaign where, you know, the children get in for a pound. So maybe that's something they can think about. And,
0: and it wasn't, you're right, that it wasn't the fans of those two teams that, that needed to do more. Because I I don't know if it was a 50-50 split, but if you've got 1,500 people travelling from Turku and from Kuopio, Helsinki is the easiest place for both to get to. You know, it it could have been more central, but it's not easier to get to the Ratina Stadium in Tampere for the Cups fans. It's easier to get the train all the way down to, um, to Helsinki. So it is about marketing outside of those two teams, that's true.
3: Yeah, and I, I think also, you know, we want to keep the prestige of the cup. So how do we keep that? One of the reasons or one of the reasons how we can do that is by keeping it at the Olympic Stadium. Hmm. Yeah. I think having the winners go into the Conference League is another, you know, that's a that's a big thing, um, you know, for any club uh, in, in the league. If you get guaranteed European football, it's fantastic. Um, and yeah, Keke, you're right about, I think the only way to, to push uh, ticket sales is getting locals in, and if you did that, for example, the you know kids go for a euro, starting the younger generation getting involved and excited about the Sorman Cup. You know that's what you know. I think it was Mark you were mentioning earlier. You know how the cup can then evolve uh, for generations to come because this is yeah not a, an overnight fix, unfortunately. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, well we put the word to rights there let's keep it you know in a subject that's close to ali's heart and look at hoi in europe um i said earlier already that i i have i've seen one or two champions league games this so far this this season i i haven't managed to catch that many i haven't seen either of hoi games so i'm gonna but out of this. Um, but Rich, maybe you can set the scene first of all with what's been what's been going on for Hoiyugo in Europe so
2: far. Um, well, yeah. So I can't remember what point we were the last time they uh, we we spoke. I think it was was it pre the draw um, for the group stage. Can't remember. Yeah, they'd, quali- they'd,
0: they'd qualified for yes. the um, okay. yeah. <laughs> for, for the Europa League.
2: Yeah, um, but yeah, the, the the draw they had um, Roma, Betis, and um, uh, Ludegretz, was for them really. It was a, it was a, an ideal kind of draw. I think you've got a European giant in there in in Roma uh, with Jose Mourinho and and the sort of caliber of players that they've got that they that they um, can bring on off the bench as we saw in the second game. You've got Real Betis, you have some interesting, you know, they are they're a big club in Spain, but they've got Manuel Pellegrini's their manager. They've got Joaquin who's I think he's about the same age as me, still playing for him. Um and you've got Lulagretz who, you know, a decent competitive team from and I mean they beat Roma in the first game, didn't they? And uh, and they have the finish link from from But um I think going into that, I think um, you know, Hoyko's ambitions would have been, I guess do well, enjoy, sell out, get the experience, come third in that group because there is still then potential. I think do you drop into the Conference League if you come third. Um, so going into it, th- th- there is the ambition. You've got that kind of prestige now because this is the Europa League and when they were in the Europa League uh, seven seven years ago now, I think they were, and they played Torino and that was good, but Roma... This Roma are bigger than Torino. This is a big game. We all hoped in between us it'd be Arsenal Man United. But and then and they stuck to the guns. They said they wouldn't move those fixtures from the Bolt Arena. Um, and I think um, having that home advantage against Betis. I know Ali's gonna talk about the game, but um, you know, having that home advantage, having a stalled out crowd, you know, in your home arena, and you've got things like the advantage of artificial turf, you know, stuff that a lot of these Elite players won't have played on for a long time, certainly in a match. So, um, and you know, it's it's just a massive thing, and 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 the interest. And unfortunately, from a Cubs point of view, it's going to broaden that financial gap. I mean, Haigor probably earn five plus million euros out of this, even if they lose every game. They're going to come away quids quids in.
0: So, Ali, what 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 was your um, what's your thoughts on the, the two games so far?
3: Well, yeah, just sort of carrying on from what Rich said. I, I think the ambition for Hoye at, at the start of the group, uh, you'd look at third and sort of hope, and then it turns out that Ludovrets are actually quite good. <laughs> <laughs> so then uh, you sort of look at that and you go, OK, um, there probably needs to be a balance of, you know, trying your best but also enjoying the ride um, and i think going into the bettis game uh you know everyone was really excited you're right having artificial turf the bettis players weren't used to it and hoya started off pretty well containing i mean if the end of the game the possession i think was 52 48 so it wasn't as if bettis had all the ball and hoya apart part in the bus i mean the shots were very High in Betis' favor. I think it was 20 to, to four. I think so. Then you go, oh, okay, it's uh, it was pretty one sided. But they lasted, Hoyakor lasted until the third minute of of stoppage time in the first half. Um, a foul that wasn't initially given suddenly VAR pops up in Finland and, <laughs> and, and goes against Hoyakor. Um, and I mean, we'll come to the VAR decision in the Roma game a little bit later which I'm really aggrieved about. I think with this one, you know, there's there's contact it's soft um, but you can kind of maybe see where, where where they're coming from and then William Jose scores, sends Connor Hazard the wrong way and suddenly you're 1-0 down and you know, up against it um, and then the second half followed a similar pattern, it was tight um, bit cagey Betis get their second goal again, William Jose uh, scoring. It it was really bad defending for that second goal. It it was a bit of a mess in the penalty area. And then it landed to him. And yeah, then it's 2-0. And then Hoyakor do score, but then ruled offside. And I think that would have been an immediate reply. I think there was a couple of minutes in between the second goal of Betis and and that disallowed goal. Um, So I, I think, you know, it was a valiant effort from Hoyakor in that game. As again sell out crowd really fun for for all the fans um but yeah i i, I don't think orca can be too aggrieved at at, at losing that one cuz Betis are a quality team at the end of the day
1: i mean I, I personally i was gutted i was just you know typical me i was just sitting there thinking right nil-nil at half time they they that's the first mile you know first milestone get the 20 minutes second milestone get to half time and then wallop three minutes of injury time and the geezer gives a penalty. Do you know what I mean? I'm like, Oh, what a nightmare. But I think like you said, Ali, I think they can, you know, yeah, what joy can you not joy, but what can you take from losing? I think they, 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 they were in the game. They were in the game. You know what I mean? It's um obviously you've gone down two nil home. It's not nice, but like you say, Real Betis, they're, they're, a they're an established side, aren't they? Do you know what I mean? Like they've been, they've been there. They've done it, you know? So, um, yeah, for but but I think Hoiyukor can take some some positives from that game, and obviously we'll move on to the to the Roma game. But the, I think there was positives there as well. So um, so yeah, moving moving on in the group, I think they can um, they they can hold their their heads up high, definitely.
0: Yeah. So the ne- the next game then Rome was Roma away, which is you know no the small another yeah no small step, <laughs> is it yeah.
3: Yeah, I mean, I, I was looking at that and you know, it was a sellout crowd for Roma as well. So I was like, you know, they've all come to see Hoyer Cor. <laughs> <laughs> Um It was quite funny. I, there was a, a quote, I, I wrote it down somewhere, but I, ca- I, I can't find it, but it was from Mourinho and this isn't verbatim, but he was essentially saying that um, that the Hoyer Corps Betis result uh, wasn't as, um, as obvious as it, as it seems.
0: Yeah.
3: And I'd like to think he was being genuine but this is also Jose Mourinho <laughs> so um so it was a nice thing to read and, and, and maybe the the core players you know they might have seen that and gone yeah actually has a point we've got a chance got a chance here in Rome um and and I I thought I thought the team was set up pretty well and then you know the big moment of the game I think it was I think the incident happened in the 11th minute uh but it took took a little while for it to um, for the decision to be made um, yeah Tenno been sent off and I just can't I can't see it I'm sorry me, me like e even with the last man rule i I think some players might have got back uh, I, I but that's it's frustrating because, firstly, the challenge wasn't bad. It was a coming together. Yeah, and I he, think doesn't
1: you, even, he doesn't even fail him,
3: does he? Yeah, they run, in, they run into each other. He gets the ball, run into each other. That maybe you could call it, in, you know, if someone's, like, holding back a player when they're breaking, you know, they know what they're doing. But that that wasn't like that at all. They just ran into each other. He got the ball. It is one of the strangest red cards I think I've seen for a while. And had that been at the Boltona, it would not have been given, uh, even with VAR. I, I think when there's 60,000 Romans screaming for a red card, uh, the referee, I, I had not seen him before. I, I'm not going to claim that he's inexperienced because I, yeah, I, I just haven't seen him before. But I, I, I think maybe the atmosphere got to him a little bit. So then Hoya have to regroup. And I think they did that really, really well. You know again, you know, with ten men against this Roma team, a really good Roma team. And that they, they had a couple of players, you know, on the bench, like Tammy Abraham was on the bench, Debarla was on the bench. But this was still a really good, you know, Roma team. Jose wasn't playing the kids. No. Um, so, yeah, and then they they regrouped. They obviously had to keep it tight. Hoskin nearly scored on the twenty sixth yeah. minute from yeah. a, you know, a brilliant cross off the post, and and they made it to half-time, which, yeah, as Keke, as you said earlier about Betis, you know, they didn't quite manage that, but they managed it in Rome.
1: Yeah, I mean, that that's it. I mean, I couldn't believe it, you know. I, I, sorry I interrupted you there, mate, but I just had to, because I just thought to myself, what, what the, you know, the, the ref's been, he's been sold, you know, he's, been, he's bought that, and he, you know, like... Like you said, mate, the Romanisti they have all give it one of them. And he's just, if I get out here alive, I've got to show the old red card. So he's done it. But so early on in the game, they did manage to sort of pull it together. And, yeah, they, they made it to the, the, the magical half-time at nil-nil. And they've they've gone in there and, um, and you know, I don't know what he said to them. He, he must have just patted them all on the back and said, well, you know, well done, lads. Look at this hostile place. you've You've come here. Yo yeah, Jose Mourinho. He's he's won the lot. You know what I mean. And we've we've got to half time with our goal intact. So and had that chance at the other end to to sort of nick one. So, um, but yeah, I mean. Uh, second half kicks off and, um, and he, 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 he brought on, I mean, there was the big guns were already out there. I mean, Bellotti started, didn't he? There was some, there was some, the Pellegrini start as well. I mean, yeah, Zaniolo. Yeah. So I'm saying. There was some already some decent, so he, he's not even bringing on the big guns. He just brought on some more big guns, <laughs> but, um, yeah, the little man, Dybala come on and it's only a, only a couple of minutes into the, into the second half where, um, where the sort of, it, it all started to go a bit pear-shaped, but um. But yeah, I mean, as, as I said for the previous game, they've got to take heart from the fact that they went to Rome and for forty-five minutes, with you know most of that period with ten men, they've they've kept they've kept AC Roma or AS Roma at bay. You know what I mean? So, so yeah, there's positives to take from that. But yeah, the second half will uh, well, I'll let you fill us in now.
3: Well, yeah, but and a little shout out actually to um, to Connor Hazard or as the BT Sport. Commentator was he was calling him Hazar, and I was like, yeah. Well, I, I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, does the guy know? Does the
1: commentator know he's Northern
3: Ash? I, I, I'm not sure. Um, and so it was so funny
1: that well, did BT,
3: make
1: me chuckle. BT Sport, like, because obviously, you know, we I was watching it on BT Sport, and the bloke he, he kept calling him Helsinki, didn't he? You know, yeah, yeah. He, here's Helsinki with the ball and all that. I was like, Which you felt know, weird, it felt weird, really
3: weird, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, a shout out to hazard <laughs> um w- because he i think they hit six or seven saves which was the second highest of the match day in the whole europa league which obviously i think if you're facing roma it's to be expected um the only keep- keeper that that beat him for that match day was actually the ludogorets goalkeeper um so yeah a uh, real hats off to to the hoya Corps number 1 because it was probably the biggest game of of his career and he can definitely hold his his head up high after that performance um, but yeah as, as keke's you know you said i think the real positive first half was a yeah a massive thing for for some of those players particularly the slightly younger ones and and maybe the fact that it was such a you know positive first half in in the in the way that they regrouped that could have led to the fact that the opening first few minutes of the second half was not quite as good as the previous 45. Maybe they took their eye off the ball a little bit. Um, but, of course, I guess when Dybala, you know, swings his left foot, yeah. you know, he's done that countless of times throughout his career. So, it, it's certainly a lot of positives to take away, I think.
1: He changed it as well at half-time, didn't he? Ariuri came on. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I don't know, maybe, I don't know, I mean... You, you, you would you would assume you know some a man of powerless Araguri stature coming on would, would shore it up, but maybe I don't know. Maybe it, it imbalanced it a little bit. I don't know, but you know, like possibly, you say, it was a yeah, mo- moment moment of magic from Dybala really,
3: possibly. And, and I think Lucas Lingman had to play a little bit more on the right than perhaps he's used to, and he, he was beaten quite easily for for the second goal. I mean, Zaniolo is a fantastic player and. <laughs> Lingman won't be the last person. He skips past quite easily. But I, yeah. I think he was probably in a slightly more defensive position than and a, a more defensive error than maybe he's used to. And and then yeah, I think Pellegrini got the second goal and then it's, you know, incredibly difficult to From get the... two goals in Rome with ten men.
0: So the next, next game is coming up after this international break, Thursday, the 6th of October, Corps against Um, I guess we have a little bit of time to see how the international break affects some of those Corps players. Um, but how are you feeling about that game? Now, you said already, uh, I mean, I, I, when I saw the group, I just thought Ludigarets, okay, they're always in Europe. And that immediately rang bells for me that you know they might not win, they might be playing in Europa League rather than Champions League, although I think sometimes they're in Champions League as well. So they're a solid they're a solid team.
3: Yeah, they are, and I think maybe the Hoyer called bias and Finnish football bias came into play. You know, you, you look at Roma, you look at Bessis, you go, okay, yeah, that's you know it's going to be really hard. But oh, a team from Bulgaria, yeah, mm. sure, why not? And Then, yeah, match day one happens and they beat Rome and you go, oh, okay, here we go. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I'm really looking forward to the game. I'll I'll be there. Um, Another sellout. All the tickets for Hoya Corse sold out in about, well, under an hour. You got tickets, Ali, did you? Yeah, for the Ludeguerets game, I did.
0: Okay, nice.
3: Yeah, um, I was in the queue for, I mean, I couldn't go to the Betis game because uh, I was on holiday, um, but then I was trying for the Roma and the Ludeguerets game. Didn't get the Roma ones, but did get Ludigaretz, which I'm really excited about. Mm. Again, another sellout crowd. Uh, it's going to be yeah, early October, so it'll be nice and chilly, but not yeah. not too bad. Um, and I'm sure it'll be a really good atmosphere. And hopefully um, Ludigaretz brings some some fans over as well, because I'll be right next to the the away fans this time. So uh, a lovely, uh, a nice little atmosphere would be will be an extra bonus as well.
0: I would keep your eye on the weather report because we went to the the France Finland France game last year in October, and uh, I was I was thinking for days what 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 do I wear? What am I going to put on my feet? And uh, it was actually fairly mild. So that was November was it November? Was it as late as that? Mm. Okay, well it was still fairly mild. Yeah. Um,
3: oh. That will be great because the last sort of four or five games I've been out, I've been in, out there in a t-shirt and shorts. So I probably won't do that this time. But... Yeah, you,
0: okay, so you need a little bit more than that. But yeah, yeah. anyway, <laughs> good good luck with it and enjoy it, enjoy it. And uh, yeah, thank you. You know, post post some pictures and on the on the Facebook page, Facebook group, and and sort of share share the atmosphere. I'll try and uh, do something again on uh, on Friday before the Romania game, and Keke will be out there. Uh, in Podgorica, sharing his picture, so all the more, the more the merrier. Um, Rich, I think we—I we, we, tell you what—we've gone long today by by mm. our own standards. We've gone long, um, but you wanted to say something about while we were talking European football about Coops women's team.
2: Uh, yeah, so Cups, who won the and League last season, uh, they. As of well, say so we're recording this on Tuesday night. Uh, on Wednesday, they play their second round Champions League qualifier um, at home to St Paultum of Austria. Uh, they made it through the first round. They have a the way that the Women's Champions League works. They restructured it. So you play a little mini tournament. They beat a team from Lithuania and then progressed to beat Andelect on penalties. Now. Again, I'm going to have to conflate this, and I know I got told off for it before, that Andelect have a good men's team, therefore their women's team must be good. And it's like the old days. We grew up watching Doncaster Bells were good and Doncaster men's team were rubbish. Um, but yeah, they're a bit Andelect on, uh, on penalties to get through to this uh, next round, which is the last qualifying round before the group stage. So if Cups get through this uh, two-legged tie, so the first leg's tomorrow, then uh, yeah, it could be... a uh, welcoming Leon or Barcelona or Chelsea. I don't know if the uh, UEFA would allow that in a women's champions league game, because they certainly wouldn't allow it in the men's, but, um, but yeah, good luck to them. I think, um, they're, they're sort of quietly optimistic. And again, they're, they're in the same boat with the contracts in that the, uh, the group stage for this game go well into beyond the end of the, uh, canceling Liga, but they are, they are currently leading that as well. So, uh, good times in in Scorpio. but yeah it's um financially it'd be great obviously the uh we've we've talked on previous episodes around how women's football is it's almost a loss leader uh, at senior level um we saw last year that tips who came second in the league then subsequently folded because um their junior sides were fed up of funding the senior team because most junior clubs make money and the senior teams then go and lose it so uh so, yeah, so fingers crossed. Um, I think the first leg, at least, is on Ule Alina okay. uh, on Wednesday night. So, um, yeah, it should be good. And uh, looking forward to that and hopefully uh, doing well. I mean, you've got some of the teams that are also in there. You've got um, Rangers who are doing well with know uh, Danielson. Which, um Are playing Benfica. Uh, and in the league path tonight, my friend is at the arsenal Ajax game. Played in that sunny Boreham-Wood. So uh, yeah it's all uh, all go so yeah two matches from a very interesting group stage fingers
1: crossed. Yes um that that Rangers game Janu Danielson started for Rangers that's currently 2-2 with Benfica with um yeah about 20 minutes to go and um Santi Franci also featured for Real Sociedad they unfortunately went down 1-0 to Bayern Munich today but um but yeah there's uh, tomorrow as well as cups we've got Ria Erling, she'll be she'll be coming out for FC Rosengord. They've got uh, Bran in the uh, Champions League as well. So, a few Helmerit to keep your eyes on there.
0: Very good. Thanks, Keke. And I'm sure that you'll be sharing updates from some of those games on the old Instagram, um, Finnish Football Show Instagram uh, account. So, uh, I'll be checking in there because that's where I get a lot of my updates on what Finnish players are doing overseas. Good man. So, <laughs> um, I think that just about wraps up another show. Um Rich, thanks for thanks for joining us again.
1: KK well, thanks,
0: thanks for your time.
1: Cheers. Just and, one, just one more thing before we do go. Um, we gotta say a big uh, thank you to Yukaraitala, who called it a day for his uh, for the international team today, he's, he's retired from international football. So, what was it? How many caps was it? Sixty odd. Sixty
2: four, I think it was. Sixty
1: four caps in thirteen years. So, Kitos Yuka.
0: And that could have been in the Hukiad section at the start of the show. Could have been, okay. okay. But anyway, <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> Ali, thanks, thanks for joining us and uh, and bringing your uh, your perspectives from uh, from hoyikor and Torman Cup, and uh, we'll. We'll, we'll be getting back together, I guess, over the weekend, sometime after the Romania game to do a bit of a, a, a post-match and, and then also after the Montenegro game. So, chaps, it's in your calendars. Hopefully yep. we can get our, get ourselves organised. And, listener, until next time, thanks for joining us on the Finnish Football Show. Kidos You've been listening to the Finnish Football Show. You can find us online at FinnishFootballShow.com. Remember to subscribe to the show wherever you're listening or watching. You can follow the Finnish Football Show page and group on Facebook and on Instagram. See the links in the episode description below. You can also connect with the four hosts on Twitter. At ExploreFinland At FCSormi, At EscapeToSwami At KekkeMulavi Links to the Finnish Football Show merch stores are also in the episode description.